What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Hey everyone, it's the Sasquatch here from the Tree Busted Barstools podcast. Just to let you all aware that we use Anchor.fm and we're recording and producing all our, our podcasts. It has easy tools to kind of record, edit, and then also distribute your podcast. So you'll find it easily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is all done for you. Um, it's completely free and then it also allows you the ability to make money in your podcast through sponsorship ads such as this one um to find out more or to get started please visit anchor.fm or download the app via the google app store or the apple app store this podcast contains language and themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience Hello and welcome to the Three Busted Barstools podcast. Uh, you're joined today by myself, the Sasquatch, and the soothing tones of Dr. Rosenthal, Jay Wiggum. Um, just a bit of, I suppose, housekeeping prior to commencing. Um, we have undergone our first rebrand. <laughs> the puzzle has elected not to... Uh, participate in the podcast and we all wish him the best in all his endeavors and Beric Tundarian is unfortunately just out with an illness so it will just be myself and Wiki. How are you? I'm good I'm good yeah I'm not too bad it's not too bad you know surviving surviving yeah surviving okay so I suppose getting down to it um we are kind of starting to run out of topics as sport and stuff is is postponed um, during this lockdown. So the topic we've gone with, I suppose, this week is the five most influential transfers in sports history. So would you like to kick us off? I would, yeah, I will, of course. Now, bear in mind, um, this is all football related, so I don't have... The likes of rugby or hockey or NFL or anything like that, if that's okay. Okay, well, I've gone with a bit of a mix, so they should contrast nicely. Sure, contrast, that's that's the one, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I suppose the fourth one would be um, Diego Maradona to Napoli in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he went to Napoli, didn't really get on well uh, with the guys at Barcelona. No. Uh, you know your side. I think everyone knows the story. Polarizing figure in terms of uh, in terms of you know like his his behavior off the field. Um, as much you know, he was into the the women and the the drink and the drugs. But Jesus, what a player! Could you imagine what he'd be like? Could he have gotten any better if he wasn't into all that stuff? He was that wild character. So so does this? Did that? Was that a creative spark that wouldn't be there if he wasn't such a wild? Yeah, Karen. yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, he went to uh, Napoli, spent seven years there. So he was there from 1984, was so about 1981. Um, and he kind of single handedly, I suppose, transformed them in terms of uh, you know, how they play, get them real purpose as well. I mean, they won their very first Serie A title <clears throat> with him, uh, they went on to win a Copa Italia as well in the same year. And uh, the 89 UEFA Cup against Stuttgart, which at the time was West German. 
He, and then pretty much after that, um, after he left, I got to, to show how much influence he had uh, over the months he, he left. Jesus, they really missed him. They had a, a bad, bad decline. Uh, went down to Syria B. They ran him. They ran him, to my knowledge, didn't they? They, um, you know, they, they made... Didn't he knock... I think he knocked Italy out of... The World Cup oh, well, the World And they, they ran him. Yeah, they may. I, geez, that, that bit, I, I, you may be right there. That bit, I haven't come across. But um, so I could be, could be uh, wrong. But to my knowledge, he, yeah, he knocked Italy out of a World Cup, but did something, and they effectively ran him. They, the fans really took, it got real nasty. I think he had to pretty much get out. Get out, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> the nature of the Italians, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad because because they are still like they are at this stage. They're one of the. The top clubs in Italy. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. yeah. There's a, a good um. There's a good article uh, there. Thesefootballtimes.com. It's called uh, the decline of Napoli post post Maradona uh, from Paradiso to Inferno. Uh, it's actually quite a good read. Football is um, is a religion. Yeah, but they they pretty much had one once he left. They they pretty much had a really bad, a really bad decline. Um. Yeah. And ended up going down to, to Serie B and then to, to fucking Serie C. It took them a couple of years to, to get back up. So that's your first that's one? That's my first off. one. I kick it off. Okay. My first one, going way, way back in time, it's back to the year 1919. Um, and it's the trade between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox for Babe Ruth. $125,000 at the time. Um, so, I suppose prior, uh, the New York Yankees, this is quite hard to believe now, were not just one of the worst franchises in baseball, but one of the worst franchises in America. Um, they were one of the losingest um, sides. And in stark contrast, the Boston Red Sox were one of the most kind of storied franchises. They'd won the first World Series and they won five of the first 15 um, however, following the trade of Babe Ruth to New York, um, they went on a bit of a dry patch from 1918 to 2004. And you might have heard of the course of the Bambino, and this is what it's, it's related to. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, obviously, the Yankees became potentially the most iconic sports brand. Um, and they're, they're always there, they're about to the top of the Forbes list richest sporting franchises and um, and that all stemmed from that trade <coughs> for Babe Ruth so that's my top uh, my first one sorry is not in no particular one. order of Most course yeah. yeah okay yeah very good it's a <clears throat> good bit of history in, a, in that so um, again all, all mine are, are uh, football so I know you probably have a, a rugby and a um, NFL one or two in there as well. Yeah, I've gone around the gone around the ballpark. I actually have a football one as well, which I might do next. Um, but I'll let you go to your second. Grand, grand. Uh, the next one I have then is um I suppose being a Man United fan, first one would be Roy Keane. Uh, from Nottingham Forest. From Forest, yeah, at the time was a British transfer record, I think. It's like 3.25. And now initially he was in talks to go to Blackburn, I believe. Um, and then 
Fergie was kind of wanting him more. He was having none of that. But I know things ended badly for them in, in 2005. But, you know, they were, at the time when he signed, <clears throat> they were only after winning their first Premier League or their first league title since uh, the, the late 60s. So you can see, like, kind of what he'd done there. He always always played to win. Um and it wasn't having any nonsense from any players. Like you always hear the stories of uh, you know, oh when I first met Roy Keane when it came to Man United kind of stories. But like there's one there from um Gabrielle Ainsa and there's the Ferdinand one. I think he had a couple of other ones with a couple of the young lads that were the giants. We kind of kept them in line. Um and you know, you see him kind of like the kind of players, a lot of them who would have joined or would have been with him at the club at the time. In terms of like how how they played as well, they kind of picked up his <clears throat> his mantle and his winning men- mentality. Um, I suppose he took on the captain's airman after Cantona left as well. So you see, kind of, yeah, like the the bar was set very high. Um, in terms of divided divided a nation as well, let, and divided a nation as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, yeah, look, being an Arsenal fan. You probably do underestimate how pivotally was the United yeah. success. Um, and then obviously not being a United fan, you would have been on the Mick McCarthy side uh, during the whole bus. It was a clear... Yeah, very United. clear divide. United supporters and not United yeah. supporters. Of course, Celtic. And of course, Celtic. But look, bygones be bygones. And we had a successful World Cup on the back of it anyway, so you can't really argue. Um only for, for Ian Hart. Penalty, exactly, yeah, for fuck's sake. Don't know what he was doing taking that in the first place. Yeah, but you look. Yeah, what can you do? He's from Gerard. And that's that, or? Um, no, just, I, no, I suppose, just kind of ashamed the way things ended between uh, himself and Ferguson in the end. I think that the, the characters they were it was, for want of a better phrase, a time bomb. It was always going to, to end yeah. sour um, to fiercely competitive humans um, in a club that for two decades was the epitome yeah. of success. I think it was always going to... One of them, like, it, it's inevitable that their time oh. would come and it was wh- whoever, whoever came first was going to be leaving, I think, in unceremonious circumstances uh, circumstances um, but yeah that's a good one um, my next one is actually it, it is an association for a fun yeah. one um, but it's probably not to the club you'd imagine so the player in question is Ian Wright um, but the transfer is to Crystal Palace okay. um, so I put this in because it's potentially <laughs> the best bargain I came across when doing a bit of research. So at the time Palace were in the second division, so it was in the year it was in 1985, and they signed Ian Wright um, from a club by the name of Greenwich Borough. They were in the Kent League, and the fee was a set of weights and a new playing kit. <laughs> Wright obviously then led Palace to promotion from the second division. And got them to an FA Cup final in 1990. Um, they drew the first leg after extra time. Trial with United there was no penalties at that stage, so yeah. it went to a replay and they lost one <clears> 0 <throat> to Man United. 
And then that was obviously prior to the transfer to, to Arsenal in 1991. But a set of weights and a new playing kit, I thought, was an incredible bargain. He obviously achieved <clears> a lot at Arsenal too, but um, for Palace at the time, it was a huge, yeah. huge transfer. And he probably is one of their top players of all time. So that's all I kind of have to add to that one. It's a, kind of a, a sharp enough one. Um, so what's next on your list? Uh, next on the list for me would be, it doesn't involve just <clears throat> one player. It actually involves three players. And what they were known as was the Dutch contingent. Um, so basically this consisted of uh, Frank Rijkaard, Marco Van Basten and Ruud Hullet. Uh, AC Milan now Van Basten and Hullet joined them in uh, 87 and then Roy Gar joined kind of like a year later uh, but they're known kind of famously as the, the three Dutchmen who transformed the club uh, <clears throat> they won these three Serie A titles and back-to-back uh, Champions Leagues or European Cups as it was known uh, back then so 89 and, and uh, 90 um yeah, so basically they just kind of turned the fortunes of the, the club around, I suppose. Um Rijkaard was initially a centre back, um, and then I suppose turned into as we know now, he's a what or was, should I say, a world class um midfielder. So yeah, when they joined, uh, they had actually won again the one of the Serie A titles they won, it was like their first Syria in eight years. Um, and then Hullet then he scored, he actually scored two of AC Milan's goals in the European Cup final. Uh, they beat Steyer Bucharest in 1989. I forget who it was. They beat in 1990. Then they kind of moved on after after 1993. Um, but yeah, in, in that time, in their their Four, five, six years kind of toured AC Milan into one of the Europe's elites. And again, yeah, Europe, yeah. It also kind of culminated at a, a time of like phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As well. That's a good one. Um, the tree tree player, player, yeah. What was the price? Yeah, uh, the price I don't have. Let's actually look that up. Because even back then, uh, the European uh, clubs are actually doing kind of big money uh, boys I think when even if you go back to 84 when Maradona went to Napoli they bought him for I think it was 6.5 or close to 7 million that was in 1984 and I think Barcelona had paid 5 million for him uh, for Boca Juniors so yeah in the European leagues they were spending a lot more even in the 80s uh, than some of the Premier League clubs were in the 90s those clubs are colossal money have always a class of money though, like Barca. Napoli is a mad one because that is likely Matthew money because of its geographical yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to to narco money, which is a huge thing in, in the Colombian yeah, football I league. Can imagine so. uh, the <clears throat> yeah, it's it's colossal. Um, I think I watched a documentary on it once, and it was like. There's one club and the the gang that kind of bankrolls them as such is actually from a yeah. neighbouring city, but their club wouldn't allow them to be bought yeah. out by narco money. 
So they bought they bought out the the club of their like most deadliest <laughs> rivals. To Just to talk to me, yeah. It's mad, mad, mad our world. My next one is a okay. basketball one, um, and it, it it's a trade as opposed to to kind of a transfer. But um, so the nineteen ninety six draft, um, the Charlotte Hornets selected Kobe Bryant, um with a 13th pick and traded him almost immediately to the LA Lakers for their center, Vladdy Divac. Um, Kobe Bryant, obviously rest in peace, um, spent his 20-year career with the Lakers <laughs> winning five champion championships. Now, Divac wasn't a bad player. He is actually a Serbian and Yugoslavian great, believe it or not. Um, it's a brilliant documentary in ESPN 30 for 30. Um, Once Brothers, it's about the Yugoslavian basketball team. Before... Yugoslavian mm. crisis, they actually were the best basketball team in the world. Um, the Serbs and the Croats, the two great basketball nations. Um, he's currently the GM for the Sacramento Kings, but I suppose you're comparing him to <coughs> an all-time great yeah. uh, in Kobe Bryant, one who was sadly yeah. taken earlier this year. Um, but his legacy, I suppose, continues to run. So that was that, that's a that, that's a huge one because at the time the Lakers. I kind of they were huge in the early eighties. Yeah, the early eighties kind of with, with um Magic and Kareem and the Showtime Lakers, but they had kind of stuttered a bit in the years that preceded <clears throat> and then Kobe kind of along with Shaquille O'Neal um started a new wave of the, the Lakers dominance in the NBA. Uh, no, no. Um, suppose, um, yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Kobe. Oh, one, one thing to, to, to add at the end. Very, uh, very, very sad loss indeed. Yeah, I suppose. Look, he, he's he's a player that, that regardless of your knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, it's 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 better no, even the non-sport fans like you, you know the name and you know what's associated. With. Yeah, and you, and you shout it every time you, you throw that piece of paper into a bin yeah. two meters away <laughs> move on to your to your next one I'm getting through these quite quick yeah so um, I suppose uh, the next one due to the lack next of interference next one um, is because I have a, if, a few backups I'll, I'll have honourable mentions uh, at the end uh, so two more the fourth one is um, Johan Cruyff to Barcelona uh, so he moved from Ajax, 1973. Uh, Ajax, he won like eight Dutch league titles uh, and the, the three they'd done three European Cups uh, in a row. Uh, I forget the years, but he moved there for, uh, this is a big number for the 70s, but again, it's a European club. It's two million uh, quid he moved there for. Um, he played five seasons. Now, in that five seasons, they only won um, one league title. And one Copa del Rey, but I think in terms of hmm. the influence and how much they they loved them, um, they had won their first league title since nineteen sixty, so they were right like 13, 14 years. But yeah, the, the fans kind of loved them right yeah. away because it was part of a team that had uh, beat Real Madrid five nil uh, in a game that season, uh, in which they went on to win their um, win their their league title. But I think more influential was when he managed the club 
so them, yeah. he came back yeah in the the 80s um, and won four titles at Copa del Rey and the 1992 uh, Champions League or European Cup as it was called I think that was the last year actually because I think it was 93 then it was called the Champions League onwards but that would have been their fourth their fourth one so um, yeah there's, there's not not many uh kind of players that would have been that influential that go on to manage a club to even bigger success. There's probably only a couple of examples of that around the world, I think. Again, yeah, he's a, another he's an one, yeah, but um, but yeah, an iconic figure as well. Like you know, you, you've made it when there's a a skill move yeah. named after you, um, like Croyton, you know, and um, he was class. Modric, Modric uh, is his doppelganger. Yeah. All the same. <laughs> Two boys in the stamp for each other. All right. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll move on. Or if you have anything else to add. Anything else to interject? Uh, nah, nah, I think you kind of touched on it all. Um, Cruyff, I suppose, was instrumental, not just as a player, but then as a as a manager and how yeah. Barcelona, we all know now, um, kind of has its roots in his to football, approach to, to football. Um, but as a player, and probably more importantly as a as a manager, um, his style of play is synonymous, I suppose, with yeah. Barcelona at present. Um, okay, so my next one uh, comes from the NFL. Um, again, it's another bargain boy. So the St. Louis Rams, now the LA Rams, uh, picked up Kurt Warner. He actually isn't a transfer because he was a free agent with no signing bonus. He had spent the year prior bagging groceries and playing part-time football. Um, he was signed as a backup in 1998. However, their starting quarterback, Trent Green, tore his ACL. And Kurt Warner then went on to orchestrate what was known as the greatest show on turf over five years, culminating in the Super Bowl in 2000. Uh, the big Tennessee Titans, 23-16. And he recorded 14,447 yards and 102 touchdowns over a five-year career. Um, it was quite a short career because <clears> he was <throat> so late coming into the NFL. But they played phenomenal. Um, they used to be high-scoring games. They used to just could score from anywhere. So, yeah, it was a hell of a, a signing. I know it wasn't a kind of a yeah. transfer as such because it was a free. But uh, sometimes, sometimes free transfers have their place and sometimes you get kind of legendary players out of, out of nowhere. Um, how how old was he when he started playing, or when he got? That I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think he might be maybe twenty six or so. Um, but that's 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 just a guess. Um, I just know he was a bit older. Um, so I think he was there. He was with the Rams anyway. Um, maybe he was with the Rams for the full five years, or maybe he was with the Rams yeah. for five years, yeah. and then he went to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, thereafter for maybe a year or two. Um, but it was a short-lived career based on his ability and how good he actually was when he got in. It just kind of shows you, I suppose, that I suppose scouts and stuff don't always get it right and yeah. people develop it at different stages. So the fellow who's not ready to go at 20 might be ready to go at 25. Those rare anom- <laughs> anomalies are Yeah, great yeah, sport, that's uh, kind of um, part of what I was asking. Would you get many of the... Like, I, I don't know, would you get many of those? Like, you know the way in football, you might have some kids breaking in at, like, 
16, 17, first team, starter at 18, in terms of American sports or American football, would you get many that would start off coming through when they're only into their 20s, or would that be rare? Um, yeah. Early 20s, yeah. yeah, they go through college, um, and then they have to do, most of them have to do, well, see, the NFL yeah. is a bit different, they do a minimum of two years in college, I think, minimum two years, maybe a minimum of three. Um, whereas in the NBA, they're pretty much one and done. So they'll just do a year yeah. in college to get drafted. <clears throat> and then they're straight into the NBA. But they're kind of, I suppose, their contracts are structured slightly differently. So your your first contract, it doesn't matter how big of a name you are, you're on a thing called a rookie contract. And there's kind of stages. You, you can only be paid so much, depending on your age. So it's kind of strange because players tend to get more money the older they get and sometimes they've kind of lost they're outside their prime when they're getting their big paychecks so you're not it's not a, a value to um performance kind of contract almost it's, it's kind of more the player's age it's quite strange the contracts and stuff okay. in American sport but no you wouldn't get your 16 and 17 year olds anyway you, yeah. the NBA is probably 19 now they used to be able to go from high school LeBron James probably the last real player to go yeah. from high school straight into the draft and that was because he was actually suspended his last year of high school. Uh, I think Nike actually bought his mom a car. And you're not allowed to play college or high school sports. Yeah. A, what would be deemed professional. Because of that payment for his mom for a car, he was deemed as he was professional. So he was banned from playing like his last year of high school. So then he didn't go to college and straight into the NBA. And that's why his career is ah, so long, okay. because he didn't play college. But yeah, it's not like soccer where 16, 17-year-olds yeah. you get 16, 17-year-olds breaking in and like Wayne like Wayne Rooney would never happen in yeah. in I suppose American sports anymore. Oh, could still. It's probably a better system for the the kind of wellness, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. The life after sport for the, the players um, Yeah, okay, good stuff. Very uh, very insightful. Thank you very much for that. Um, so suppose uh, my fifth one would be uh, not so much what he done for the club that he went to as such, but what he done in terms of how he, his influence was used to boost the profile of the league and uh, in terms of the, the profile boost that it gave yeah. the, the MLS um, and his like, I know Pele played for a team in New York. Uh, George Best played there as well. The Cosmos, that's the one. Yeah. Cosmos. Uh, Best played there as well. And then for a while, there wasn't kind of many big names as such or that we would know of. Uh, and then Beckham went. Um, well, he kind of like paved way for the likes of Robbie Keane, Henri, uh, Gerard Rooney to go and finish their careers there. Um, and even that, those were obviously our big names, as we know, they'd be known kind of over there as well. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, I think, a, a couple of years prior to that, the MLS were somewhere near bankruptcy. And they had like all these mad rules where they had like caps on salaries and stuff like that. Uh, they're. Mm. Like, yeah. You see the thing the thing you we kind of we take for granted is association pup, football is one of the few sports in the world yeah. that operates outside of a salary cap. 
every other sport operates inside the salary cap. You can, like the majority of them would operate inside the salary cap. So, like in America, yeah. they're all their big sports would operate in the salary cap. So, I don't understand why the MLS had it, the whole salary cap thing. But I would interject is Beckham signed himself a hell of a contract there. Um, this whole thing with Miami United has come out of that initial contract he signed with the MLS. The part of the contract I think was that if there ever was an expansion franchise, he would be he would be yeah. first first dibs as such as an, as ownership, and that's why he is the owner of uh, Inter Miami franchise. That's yeah, Inter Miami. Whenever we uh, yeah. to re- exactly yeah yeah. Um, yeah, but they had they, I I just just reading up on it there, they had a. So I'm looking in his last season uh, in Madrid. Now, these figures are in uh, dollars that he made an estimated 29 million, um, which was, according to this this article from the the LA Times, it says it's about $6 million more than the payrolls of all 12, as it was at the time, 12 MLS teams combined. And then the league salary cap was like 1.9 million. But then the uh, commissioner made a designated rule, uh, which I don't think it's officially called the Beckham rule, but um, I like designated player rule. Somebody coined it the Beckham rule, which allowed each team to sign one player with a salary that wouldn't be limited to the league-wide cap. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, look, it was it was well worth it. Um, it showed that um, attendances across, even all teams across the sports, uh, were kind of going up and up each season that he was there. Uh, I think a trend that continues to as they draw big names in. Um, I mean, obviously, Ibrahimovic with LA Galaxy as well uh, in the last couple of years. Like, yeah, there's a bit here that's saying he was getting something like 30, two and a half million. Yeah, it was. My, I remember. I remember being in the Indo at the time, like the, the fee he was on versus some of his colleagues who were literally on yeah fifty thousand dollars a year versus him on mega bucks. But yeah, no, that's a great one because the MLS probably was dying um, before he came, <clears throat> and then it it is rising yeah. in popularity. Like I mean, Sky Sports are even covering it. Um, in normal times, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he paved. I think the the biggest player after him that went uh, would have been Robbie Keane. I think David Beckham kind of paved the way for him to come in. But even before Beckham um, went there, the best player in the league at the time was considered to be Landon Donovan. And then you bring the like David Beckham and and Robbie Keane and shake things up a bit. Yeah, it wasn't he? He played in the Premier League before, didn't he? Everton, was it? Oh, I'm thinking of someone else who played for... I was thinking of Clint Dempsey, sorry. Played for Fulham, yeah. yeah. Played for Fulham. Um, Yeah, but... Tim Howard, yeah. What was that keeper? Howard, was it? They used to play for United as well. Yeah. You'd have laughed a lot of players. You did kind of... Like, you've seen what Rooney's done. Um, at DC United and then back to Derby. A lot of players... He did, did yeah. I think he went on back, back for... 
he was he was something like that, yeah. For three months or whatever, the the kind of the US off season. Yeah. So pretty influential transfer. Um I'll run up my last one. Yeah. Um and we're gonna wrap this one up. Two I know it's yeah. gonna probably been a bit short because yeah. it is only just yeah. the two of us, but it's good to keep the podcast going. Um so my last one is a trade for the future. Um so this is a trade that has happened, but I suppose we won't know just how influential it is. Um, so it's the NBA draft in 2018. The Atlanta Hawks had the number three pick, and they traded down to the number fifth pick, which allowed the Mavericks to pick up Luka Doncic. Um, Atlanta then used the number five pick to select Trey Young. And an extra pick for 2019 to pick up Cam Reddish. You don't fully know who's going to be the better player. It is kind of, I suppose, Luka Doncic is showing to be the better player at this moment in time. Um, but only time will tell. Um, so that was kind of my my last pick was was one for the future that we yeah. probably know the answer okay. to. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. That's a good one to to finish up with. Um, one for the future. And when would uh, when would the draft usually take place? It's in kind of when is their season again? I think the NBA draft is around May. The NFL one is well, I think it's supposed to be this week. So, May the NFL, the NBA one is probably June. Yeah, it's probably June. They do their one. So. The NFL one is there's supposed to be on, I think, this yeah. week coming. So okay. they're trying to do it virtually this year, obviously, with the imposement. But it's a, it's proven difficult, I think. Um, but look, yeah, that's that's my final, final pick anyway. Um, and now, um, yeah, I suppose. Um, okay, Beckham was the last one. Uh, Ronaldo. To United and then to Madrid. I think he probably had a bigger influence on Madrid yeah. than he would United. It kind of took him a season or two to get going at United. And then once he started kind of banging them in, he was just phenomenal. Like, Yeah, well, I, I think the transfer to United was more yeah, it was like to the his, betterment um, of Ronaldo than it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. To the yeah. betterment of United in the long run. Um, so he came in. I was it like just it's like twelve, just under twelve and a half million from Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, that's and it all, correct. It, it all, yeah, it yeah, that's correct. It was preseason. Um, yeah, they played, and then they he, he ended up being uh, he ended up being snapped up, and then um, phenomenal, phenomenal. He was phenomenal, and still he is. Yeah, he's he's still going. I remember actually reading about it in the paper. Um, was it two? Was it two thousand and three? It was before the Euros. So it would have been two thousand and three. And uh, the, the headline wrote, um, yeah. "United sign Ronaldo, not the real one, as in not the Real one, because Ronaldo was still playing for Real Madrid at the time." Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember people just say that for years. Not like, the real one. Yeah. Like they say Ronaldo, not um, the real one. Um, because Ronaldo was like not Cristiano the other Ronaldo he was phenomenal that's another one like um, he, he had a number of transfers as well PSV to Barca probably a big one um, back to Real Barca to Inter and then Inter back to Real Madrid 
one of the few players to to class across. Yeah, the there was actually I, I didn't have I have a Zidane is another honorable mention from Juventus to Real Madrid. Um who was who was the other one? Uh, in history football. I was looking at uh, Figo from Barca to Real Madrid, but I didn't put that down. You know, getting peaks head on the chip moment. The other two I had was slamming Sam Burgess from Bravo Bulls to the South Sydney Ravenos. He broke a 43-year wait for a premiership. So it was quite big. And then the other one I had probably through Arsenal tinted glasses yeah. was the sign of Dennis Bergkamp from Inter Milan to 7 million. So he scored he was three league titles, four FA Cups, and then that Brilliant moment against, I think it was Nico. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'd often see that come up in uh, the Sky Sports clips on uh, Facebook on this day or greatest moments or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, no, no, just um, nothing else. Just you know, stay safe, wash your hands, be kind, wash your fucking hands. Okay, I've been the, the Sasquatch and he's been Dr. Rosenthal J. Wigan. Two busted barstools. We've been the, the, the two busted barstools. Uh, take care and all the best. Anyway. And, See you later. All right, take care.